Okay, so today's daf is uh, is pay in in Masachet Pesachim. We're going to start on Ayin Tet Amud Bet, three lines from the bottom of Ayin Tet with the word Gufa towards the end of the line. It's like the fifth to the last word on the line. So it says Gufa Haresh Ayusal Mechetzat Orin Mechetzat Meit. So this is what we're talking about: the issue. Uh, we know that if the majority of the community is tahor, so then that means that everybody who is capable of bringing korban pesach betara brings it betara, and the people who are not capable of bringing it, they bring it on pesach sheni. If the majority is tamei, so that means that the, that they they can suspend their rules of tumah for that year, and everybody can bring it betumah, even though even the people who might have otherwise been able to bring it betara bring it betumah. Now we discussed yesterday the daf of yesterday dealt with the issue of what about mechetzal mechetzal. You have half and half evenly, exactly half are tmeim and half are torim. What do you do? And we had a few different opinions about that. So we actually had Rab's opinion, who said that the people who are tahor can make one can you know have one shift, and the people who are tamei can do another shift, and they can be both. We had Rav Kana who didn't say that, who either said that that made it that uh, that uh, basically you have to uh, that the people have to wait till Pesach Sheni, or the opposite that they basically are stuck, they're in limbo, and they can't do anything because they were not the majority and they weren't the minority, so they are not able to do anything. So that was the discussion yesterday, but now it says like this: if they do eat it. They, it was in the Mishnah. We read before the Mishnah said that only the Korban Pesach. The Korban Pesach is unique. They eat it. That's what it was in the Mishnah a couple of tapim ago. That they, this is the exception to the rule. Now, if it was Mechitzat Urim Mechitzat Main, Halalu Osin Latzman, Halalu Osin Latzman. So this is like what Rab said before. So the half that is Taor will do the Pesach Betara. The half that is Tamei will do the Pesach Betumah. And uh, what happens is, Hayut Main Odfin Alatorin, if there are more Tamei than Taor people, the Filu Echad. Even if it was a uh, let's say a uh, hundred thousand people and fifty, th- you know, and, and and one more person, there were uh, you know there was uh, fifty thousand and one were uh, were tamei and forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine were uh, you know uh, or, or whatever it is. Yeah, I guess fifty thousand even. Yeah, it would have to be to make it one more. It has to be an, it has to be an odd number. Yeah. So yeah. So let's say it was a thousand, a hundred thousand and one. Right, so there would have to be that half of the people plus one are tamei. So it has to be an odd number. Yeah, but in any case, the idea being that even by one person, so then everyone will do it. But because you can't make the, the you cannot make it that half of the people are doing it uh, one way and half doing it the other way. Once you have a majority one way or the other. So then you have everybody do it bitumai. They don't have to do it bitaur anymore. That doesn't mean that the taur people have to go become tamei. It just means that the rules are suspended for everyone once uh, once there's a majority, even by one person. Okay, meaning you even women too for the law. Yes, we talked about that yesterday too. Yeah, a man and taur can sit together and eat. Right, it wouldn't have to. You wouldn't have to make it separate, like the right, because if they do it half, people doing it. If it's exactly fifty percent, fifty thousand one way, fifty thousand the other way. The election. So then what ends up happening is that you can't, you can't intermingle in that way. But this, you could intermingle, right? So that's it. So now, uh, so that's even by one. Rabbi Eliezer ben Matia Omer, you can't do it by just one person. That's not enough. Because it says, Rashi says, it means that one person should not be responsible 
for the um, the uh, determination of the entire community. Got to be a minimum of two, I guess. You know, but one would not be enough. Even if out of the twelve tribes, one tribe is uh, one of the shvatim is tamei, so they can make a korban pesach betum, and everyone else does betara. It doesn't have to go by the entire. In other words, according to Rabbi Shimon, it doesn't go by the entire Jewish people divided in half. Uh, you know, the majority. It goes by even if one Shevet was majority Tameh. So they will bring a Korban Pesach. Everyone from Shevet Naftali, well, I don't know, I'm just making it up, will make uh, Korban Pesach B'Tum'ah. They won't have the rules of Tum'ah. Everybody else in the world will have to do Korban Pesach B'Tarah. That's similar to, as everyone points out, Rabbi Shimon's opinion, if you remember going way, way, way back to the very beginning of our learning of, uh, of, um, uh, you know, Daf Yomi, it's got to be from a couple of years ago, to Horayot, Masechet Horayot, that, uh, that the rule was, that was like the second Masechet that we learned or something like, or the third Masechet that, that we learned together, that, um, if the, that in the case of a, um, in the case where the, the entire community makes an error based on the ruling of the Bet Din, right? So Rabbi Shimon there also said, even if one Shevet did the sin, According to the ruling of the Bet Din, they would have to bring the Korban. According to, uh, according to others, no, no, it goes by the, uh, the entire community has to have followed the ruling. But that's in Masachat Oriyot. So see here too, he sees each Shevet as its own Kahal. Each Shevet as own status. Okay? And, and they would have their own Korban Pesach. Majority, what? Of a yeah, it has to be the majority. It wouldn't be every member. Ma'ita, what's the reason? There'll be Shimon. We see that also in Masachat Oriyot. He considers one Shevet to be a community in its own right. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Afilu Shevet Rabbi Yehuda goes really gung-ho on this. He says that, you know what? Even if one Shevet is Tamei, the entire community can do, uh, all of the other 11 Shvatim can do Betum'ah. So he's taking the idea of Rabbi Shimon and going to an extreme. He's saying not only does one Shevet get to do the Korban Pesach Betum'ah because they're, all, they're majority Tamei, but if even one Shevet is majority Tamei, then the entire 12 Shvatim can bring it Betum'ah because in Korban Tzibur Chaluk, you can't divide the community and say that uh, that uh, some are going to do Betum'ah, some are going to do Betum'ah. Rabbi Yehuda Sevar, the Shevet Echad Ikrekal, Vait Vavolo Palga Upalga Vait Korban Tzibur Chaluk. So he says that one, that he holds that each, each Shevet is considered to be a Tzibur. So then it's like the same situation as half and half. In other words, you can't do that. And therefore, So therefore, everybody has to do it. You can't do... Um, so he has two concepts here. One concept is that you can't have... In other words, he's disagreeing with what we said before. He's disagreeing. So he's first of all saying that one shevet is called kahal. Secondly, he's saying that en koban chaluk, which is a, the concept that we saw before, that's contradicting the Tanakamav before. He said that if half of the people are taor and half of the people are tamei, you have a koban pesach for tameim and a koban pesach for taorim. He says, no, 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 you don't do that. You never do that. So since once even one shevet is tamei, you're going to have to have at least two korbanot pesach, one for that shevet and one for everyone else. You can't do that, so it's going to be a same standard for everybody that the korb, that, that laws, laws are going to be suspended. Okay. Now, whereas Rabbi Shimon is saying uh, is agreeing with the concept that you could have two simultaneous systems, you could have people doing it betarah and people doing it betumah separately. But he says even one shevet justifies having that. Okay, that, that's that's Rabbi Shimon. Now Itmar says like this: he says, look, if you have 50-50, right, 500 people are, uh, 5,000 people, whatever, are Tamei, 5,000 are Torim. So just take one guy who is Tahor and make him Tamei. So that way you get, uh, then everyone can do it, but too, wow, why, why are you, go- you know, it's very simple. So they said to him, why? Why? 
according to Rav, you're allowed to do two different ones. Have the people who are tahor do tahor. People who are tamay do it bitumah. We just read yesterday. That according to Rav, if you have exactly 50%, 50-50, so the people who are tamayim do it bitumah, and the people who are tahorim do it bitumah. It must be talking about where there's just one guy that is making the, creating the problem. And as we just said before, just one guy, it's not so simple that we can, therefore, based on the one guy, change the rules for everyone. So if it's, you know, 499 uh, Torim and, 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 and 500 Tme'im, is that really enough to push the, uh, to push the rule over for everyone? So there, but if that's but according to Rav, that should be a majority right? And then everyone should do it But the problem is, he's holding like that position that we saw before. That one person is not enough to determine the fate of the entire community. You need at least two, and therefore uh, we're not going to accept the one. It's like similar to mitat uh, betin, where the uh, the betin is based on one. They, they it needs to be two. To uh, uh, to decide a uh, capital cases in the in the Beitin. so it's a similar concept. I'm not exactly the same idea, but meaning one is not a, a razor thin is not not enough. Now, if you take one person and you make him is exactly equal equal, you take one of them and make him tamir, you have one less tahor, one more tamir. That's going to be different of two. Right, you have a difference of two. That's what it's saying. Yeah. So that's the So then we have the problem again. In other words, if you only have one person who is tamir more than the number of people who are tahor. So uh, why don't you just follow your original rule, Rav? Your original rule was that uh, half of them should do Bitumah and half of them should do Bitarah. Even if you're going to say that having one more on the side of Tum'ah doesn't define for the majority, that's not enough. Okay, so then uh, have each side do their own. Why do you have to make somebody else? He was saying a theoretical thing. He's saying, if there is somebody who holds, like the Tanakama, who says that if you have half and half, you can't do Kulubitum'ah. You have to do half of the people... Uh, half of the people will do it bitaran, half of the people will do it tum'ah. And they hold like Rabbi Yehuda that says, in koban tzibur chaluk, that you can't really do that. So mitamin echad mehen b'sheretz. In other words, if you're going to say that half and half is not enough, right, that there's nothing you can do, you're going to be stuck because of half and half. And Rashi explains, he says, He means exactly half and half. And Rav is saying, if you'll find somebody who holds that on one hand, right, half and half is not enough. Lo avdei torin bitum'ah. Right, as he himself says, right, that it says halal osin latzman that you have two separate groups. But Rabbi Yehuda will object to that. You don't want to divide the community like that. So technically speaking, the people who are Torim have an obligation to bring the korban pesach, and so do the people who are tmeim because it's half and half. Now the one's a majority, but you can't separate the community. So what are you going to do? Make one more person tamei, so that way you can have just one system for everyone. That's the rule that Rab suggests in this case. Now, the ula, now he himself doesn't hold that you can't have enzibur chaluk. You can't, he doesn't say that you have to have everybody doing the same rule. He says that you're allowed to have, uh, uh, to, to split, to split it. Now he says, Why make the person tame? Just send them on an all expense paid vacation. <laughs> and they will not be there. And then they don't count. And I would take one of the people who is uh, waiting it to the side of the tower. Like you said, if you just take one tower guy out, that also works. Just take him out of the calculation. Okay? There's 499 to 500. So take one of the 499. Send him on uh, vacation. 
Right, to wherever, but that's not far enough, maybe. Right? We want, we want him to come back. We, we don't want to... Yeah. So we, we send him somewhere, and then, and then, uh, so, and then that's it. So, they, so it says, why do you have to do that? Why don't you just make him tamay? What's the difference? What's the difference? He's tamay tzbador. So it says, because there's some who say that even for a tamay sheretz, you're allowed to uh, do the Korban Pesach for him because he's allowed to eat by nighttime. It's only a one-day tumah, so it won't work. So, okay, so let him go to the cemetery, send him to the cemetery, get him to Mehmet, and then when he then he won't be able to do the Korban Pesach at all, and it will work that way. Why doesn't he agree with that idea? It's a good idea. He says, no, because he says, uh, he says, no, because then not only are you causing him to lose the Korban Pesach, you're causing him to lose the entire holiday. And the Korban Chagigah that he has to bring the next day because it's not a one day too much. We're going to ruin his life. Right? So it's better to uh, just send him away for the day and let him come back. Okay? What about it? Why would it be honest? You're making him lose more mitzvot than he needs to. In other words, he's taking one for the team here. He's taking one for the team here because he's going to leave. Right? And then, and then they're able to bring the Korban Pesach uh, you know, because, he, because he left. So uh, there's one less person. So why can't they just, uh, why do they have to make the guy Tamei? Why don't they just make him, let him leave? That's what Saul is asking. You know, why is that the solution to make him Tamei? Right? So Ula is saying, send him away. Why doesn't Ula like the idea of making him Tamei? That also works. What's the difference? Right? So it says, But you're telling me he's going to miss the Korban Pesach by being away. So why are you so worried about the Korban Pesach for him, but you're not worried about, uh, about him missing the Chagigah? I'm sorry, the other way around. You're worried about him missing the Chagigah, but you're not worried about him missing the Pesach. Oh, well, that's easy, because David B'Sheni, because that, he gets a makeup day. He can do Pesach Sheni. In other words, if the guy goes away, so now there's less people who are Tamei, uh, who are Tahor than, than, than are Tamei, and, that, and they will make the Korban Pesach. So, so the next time around, he'll be able to do Korban Pesach uh, instead of making him Tamei to, to, uh, to add to the calculation. You send him away, and then he'll be able to do Pesach Sheni. So it says, yeah, but that's... but, but um, but the thing is, if that's the rule, if, that, if, if the reason why you're allowing him to leave because he'll be able to get Pesach Sheni anyway, so no problem. Same applies if he becomes, to, uh, for the Korban Chagiga, if he becomes Tememet. Why? Because because the the fact is that you can bring the Korban Chagiga the entire holiday. So even if he became Tameh and of Pesach, by the time you get to the last day of Pesach, he, he'll be Tahor. And by then he can bring the Korban Chagigah at the end of the holiday. So he won't miss it. He won't miss the Korban Pesach if he leaves because he's B'derch Chokai, he can make it up. And he won't miss the Korban Pesach if he, uh, if he uh, becomes Tam. He won't, he won't bring the because he'll be able to make it up on Pesach Sheni. If he becomes Tamei, he'll be able to make it up on Pesach Sheni. And if he becomes Tamei, he'll even be able to uh, do his Korban Chagigah because he, um, because he can do it at the end of the holiday. He have the entire holiday to do it. So what's the benefit? The question is, what is the benefit of sending him away as opposed to anything else. So he says, well, the reason is because he says, if a person is Tamei on the first day of the holiday, according to Ula, he cannot bring the Korban Chagigah for the entire time because really the mitzvah is on the first day. So if you miss the first day because of a practical thing you couldn't get in or whatever, so then you have the rest of the holiday to do it. But if you are, if you were not ra'oi, you weren't capable of bringing it on the first day. So the rest of the time, there's no tashlami. It's like the same thing as if, if a person is actually exempt from prayer at a certain time, they don't have to make up the prayer. It's only if they miss the prayer that they, they were obligated and they failed to do it. So then they have to make a double, double one. Right. And Onani doesn't have to make up the tefillah that he missed because he wasn't obligated in tefillah. So if the, if for example, the Onen is an Onen for through tefillah chacharit time. And now it's Mincha. 
He doesn't have to do two mincha because he missed shacharit. He, he didn't miss shacharit. He wasn't obligated, right? So, so he's saying if he wasn't obligated on the first day because he was tamei, so then he wouldn't have to. Uh, he wouldn't have to. Bring, he wouldn't be able to bring the korban chagiga. So that's the reason. So basically, Ullah is saying, with, if he goes, if you send him on a, 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 a trip to the Caribbean, you know, or whatever, he goes away, misses the korban pesach because he's bederch rechoka. Okay, he won't miss out on the korban pesach. He won't miss out on the korban chagiga because he will be. He was tahor. He could have brought it. He just has to get back during Cholom Hamoed to bring it. But the fact that he's far away isn't considered that he wasn't capable of bringing it. Right? He's allowed to come in the Cholom Hamoed and do it. However, if he was Tamei on the first day of the holiday where he wasn't capable of bringing Korban Chagiyah, he'll miss that. So better to just make him go away for the day. That's what Ula says. Someone should tell Ula, Who's going to be your volunteer to go and uh, camp out somewhere and do that? Nobody's going to do that. So that's not a very practical solution. We like practical solutions. Itmar said, Let's say most of the people were Zavim. They had a, a, a Ziva outbreak. And, uh, and, a, and a small amount were Tmei Metim. So what's the story here? You have everybody is Tamei. Everybody is Tamei. But the thing is, most of them are Zavim. Now, Zav is not one of the things that you can override the rules of Tum'at to bring the Korban Pesach. Only Tmeimet is. So it doesn't help you. So this is a situation where nobody, so the, the people who are Tmeimet are only the minority. So they can't override the rule of Tum'at. And the Zavim, they don't count. And they are the majority. And they don't count towards being able to override the rule because their kind of Tum'at doesn't work. So Amar Rav, Otan Tmeimetim, and then Otan Unfortunately for those they don't get any, uh, any opportunity to bring Pesach Sheni. Why? Because Now, since they're only a minority on the first Pesach, so they don't have the special privilege of overriding the rules of Tum'at to bring Korban Pesach on the first Pesach. And on the first Pesach, they also can't, uh, the second Pesach, they also can't because The thing is, in this case, in such a case, you would have no Korban Pesach because everybody is Tamei and the majority is Tamei with a Tum'ah that is not put aside for the Korban Pesach. Zav is not put aside for the Korban Pesach. So therefore you wouldn't have a Korban Pesach Rishon that year at all. And you would, and there, and if there's no Korban Pesach Rishon that year at all, there's no Korban Pesach Sheni either. So what ends up happening is that those Tamei Metim will not bring the Pesach Rishon because they are not the majority and they will not bring the Pesach Sheni either. If okay. one person does it, then uh, it, it puts a situation for Pesach Shani. Yeah, okay. One person. Well, but they're saying everybody is Tamei. There's nobody do it. Well, first of all, you need at least 30 people. One. Remember, because you have to have kol kala that you say uh, you have to have at least 30 people. But still, it's saying everyone is Tamei. Yeah. No, they can't. Only only Tamei Met. Only Tamei Met. That's it. It's not Dafka, right? It says, Right. It's not Dafka. Nobody. Right, really nobody does. Yeah, really nobody does. Yeah. Nobody gets to override the Tum'ah except for Tmei Metim. That's it. That's the only rule. It's a machloket. If he misses the first Pesach, he can bring on the second Pesach if he's not Mitzvah anymore. Yeah, he's finished. He can't do it. No, it's a machloket. The Rambam says only Tum'at Met is overridden for Korban Pesach. It's a machloket. Some people say no, any kind of Tum'at that's outside of the body. Also, Tmei Sheret, something like that. But it's a machloket. And then you count people who are able to come and eat. In other words, they have to reach an age that they're able to come. Yeah, they have to be of the age to do it. Yeah, Bar Mitzvah. Yeah, yeah. The person turns Bar Mitzvah can kill the whole scale. Possibly, yeah, I guess so. Amalu Shmuel Zilu Amrulela Abba. You have to go tell Abba. Abba was his name for was the name of Rav. Via Subrayselat at the Pasach Bemwado. 
my avadatle. What are you going to do with the pasuk that says that you have to do the korban pesach b'moado? You're going to completely miss the korban pesach. Well, let these tmei metim do it. Just pretend those zavim are not there and uh, and 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 let them do it. So he said, amulei. They said, amalu. He said to them. So meaning, Rab said to the uh, to the shlichim, to the messengers of Shmuel. He said, "Go tell them, zilu amulei, imrulei, go say to him, ki havukul hu zavin mayavatle." Now you would agree with me if everybody in the community was a zav that there wouldn't be any korban pesach. So this is no exception, right? Ela kevan lav shalav shal, hachana lav shal. He says the same thing. In other words, if everyone in the entire kalis, you know, in the entire community and the entire nation was zavim, you would agree that there's no korban pesach. So here too, there's no korban pesach. So sometimes that happens. Okay. Now hayu itmar was stated hayu uban to me if the majority was to me metim. So therefore, really, they should be able to bring korban pesach which overrides the rule of tumah because they're to me metim mumi utan zavin. And a small number are zavim. Zav means that they have the emission from their body, right? So that type of tumah is not set aside for korban pesach. Only tumat met according to the Rambam and according to some also tumat cheretz. Now he says, um, Ravuna says in this case, okay. la pesach We don't have tumah. We don't. They don't get the zavim. Don't get a chance to make up on pesach sheni, because since the pesach rishon came bitumah anyway. So therefore, those zavim, poor zavim, they get nothing, right? Because they can't participate in the first one because they're zavim. And that type of tuba is not set aside for the sake of Korban Pesach. And they don't get Pesach Sheni because Pesach Sheni is only when there was a Pesach Rishon Betara. If there's no Pesach Rishon Betara, there's no Pesach Sheni. Okay? And Rav Adabarav says, no, there is a makeup even for when the Pesach comes, we still have Pesach Sheni for the people who wouldn't, weren't included in it because they had, were B'derch Rechoka or maybe because they were, uh, maybe because they were Zavi. We could have used the case of B'derch Rechoka too. Any case that they weren't able to participate, there is a makeup according to Rav Adabarav um, for that type of Pesach. But what's the real source of the argument here? That the one who says that that um, that that tuma is dechuyah betzibur. In other words, what that means is that really Rashi, the way Rashi says, he says, Really, this korban pesach was brought under duress. We really didn't want to bring it like this under these circumstances because it was brought betuma. We pushed off the rules of tuma, so we don't consider it. It's considered like a very lower level korban pesach that it was brought betuma, and therefore there's no makeup for that. We want to forget that Korban Pesach. It was a bad Korban Pesach, right? So to speak, right? That's, so to speak, that's what he's saying. The other one says, no, that uh, according to the view that says that there is a makeup even on a year when the Pesach was brought, but Tumah is saying that no, it's, it's, that it's equally good. When we, when we say that we bring the Korban Pesach, we're saying that it's 100% good. There's nothing less about that Korban Pesach and there should also be a makeup for the people who couldn't participate in it. Okay, but then the Gemara says, Amri Lo, Everybody really agrees, and this seems to be the consensus of most of the opinions. There are some that say otherwise, that Tumaz which means we try to minimize the amount that we have to break the rules of Tumah, even for a Korban Pesach, and we view it as a Bidi'avad situation. It's not just that we ignore Tumah, we recognize that it's being done in a less than ideal way. However, there's still a Machloket to be had because that one says that only a Korban Pesach, it's brought Bitarah, it's just a Xerata Katuv, or it's just a, the concept 
concept is that it has to be a korban Pesach that is done in the ideal way in order for it to be able to generate a Pesach Sheni of a makeup. Alright? That according to one, no, even when the korban Pesach is brought bitumah, it still can generate a Tashlumin, an opportunity for a makeup for the people who couldn't participate in it. So it's just a machloket of how we view a Pesach Abba Do we view a Pesach Abba as a genuine Pesach on the same level as a regular korban Pesach and therefore there's also a makeup for it? Or do we say, no, this already is like a, you know, a, a, a bidiavad uh, type of a Pesach and therefore it doesn't create a Pesach Sheni to make up for it. Okay, now. Why should it even create a Pesach Sheni if everybody's doing Betumah? Because only, so, only people are Tmemet could do it but if you were a Mitzorah or a Zav or a woman was in Nida or whatever, they wouldn't be able to. Right? Oh, because it's only certain tumot. So you might say, well, I want to have a Pesach Sheni. So if the first, pe- if the Pesach Rishon was done bitara, so then of course any tumah that you had that precluded you from doing Koban Pesach, you'll be allowed to be Pesach Sheni. But here where it's done bitumah because people were tmei metim, so that means that, uh, that the, but that didn't include, like if you're a Zav, you can't participate in that. Only people who are tmei metim are allowed to. Where do we come up with the concept if it was done, the kosher, you're not allowed to make it out? They're saying because of the makeup implies that it was done in the ideal way. And you weren't able to participate. The Pasuk says if a person was not able to bring the first time, the right. first time did happen, right. they were not eligible. Now they are. So it's good. Based it, it, yeah, based on the Pasuk, you wouldn't see it. That's true. I don't see it in the Pasuk itself. You're right. Now, they said as follows If you have a case where there's, th- there's three groups, a third are Zavin, a third are Taurin, a third are Tamei Metim. So two out of the three are Tamei, but of a different quality. They're not going to be able to do the first or the second Pesach. What a shame. Why? So the problem is that on the first Pesach they can't do it because they're not the majority. Right, the zavin we count them out because they can't they can't participate, and the tmei metim are not the majority; they're only a third. So if it's only a third uh, tmei metim, so they're not going to be able to bring on the pesach rishon. The tehorim are going to bring, and the tmeim, whether they are zavim or tmei metim, are not going to bring. So now we come to pesach sheni. So what's going to be the deal on pesach sheni? So ironically, what's going to happen is it's going to flip, right? Because what's going to happen is b'sheni lo avdei nitzarfu zavin and tmei metim delav dei rishon. Avul rubav rubalo matchol pesach sheni. Very funny thing will happen, which is that on the first pesach the tmeim. The Tmei Metim were a minority and they couldn't override the rule of Tum'ah to be able to bring Korban Pesach and Pesach Rishon because you have to be a majority. And the Zavim don't count towards that because they're not allowed to bring Pesach Rishon when they're a Zavim. Now, what, so they, since they were the minority, they couldn't override the rule and they didn't get to bring Pesach, Pesach Rishon and only the Torim brought it. Now you come to Pesach Sheni, what happens? Two-thirds of the community didn't bring Pesach Rishon. A third of them were Tmei Metim and a third of them were Zavin. So what happens? You have two-thirds of the community that did not bring Pesach Rishon and you can't have a majority bringing Pesach Sheni. It can only be individuals. It can't be a majority. So therefore what happens? Those people will not end up bringing a Rishon or Sheni because they... Because they yeah, because the Zavim also won't be able to because they missed the first one, right? And they're also going to miss the second one because you can't have the majority bringing Pesach Sheni. That's why what would happen is if the Beit HaMikdash is built, uh, be, you know, between this year, of course, it's going to happen. This year between uh, uh, Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni, so there's not going to be Pesach Sheni because since people, there was no Pesach Rishon, 
there wouldn't be a Bezach Shani. But even if you had a situation where they built the Bet HaMikdash right before Pesach, and only a small number of people got to bring Pesach Rishon, but the vast majority of people did not, so then they would not bring a Pesach Shani, because the majority never brings Pesach Shani. Now, Mishnah says, a Pesach Shani is like, if the Pesach was, the blood was thrown, and then you find out that it was Tamei, Rashi says either the meat or the blood had become Tamei in the process. The tzitz will cover for that. That's what the Kohen Gadol's special headband covers for that kind of a uh, failure. But if the person became tam- found out that the person was Tamei, so then the fact that the Kohen Gadol has the tzitz, that does not help the Korban Pesach. Because we said that when it comes to a Nazir and somebody bring a Pesach, if the, the, the Kohen Gadol tzitz will cover for the uh, will cover for the uh, tumav the meat or the or the blood, but will not cover for the tumav the person. So if it turned out that the person was tamei and not really eligible to bring the korban pesach at all, so it will be invalid, even though he threw the blood. And um, and it, it will turn out that if he threw the blood and he didn't realize that that nazir had actually become tamei tamei in between and and wasn't really eligible to bring the korbanot of nazirut, so he will also it, the, the korban will not be valid. It doesn't help the fact um, that the tzitz does not make the person tahor. So it will be invalid. Now if, he be- now, if the blood was thrown and then he became Tameh, that's different. That's not what it's talking about. In other words, if, if the blood was thrown and then the person became Tameh, so he already fulfilled the mitzvah, and now it's a new, the Tumah is a new thing. So if a person brought a Korban Pesach and the blood is thrown and then he became Tameh, so he fulfilled the mitzvah of Korban Pesach, he just won't be able to eat it because he, he became Tameh. That's, that's a different story. We're talking about where it became known. It became known. So like, let's say, for instance, he had been in a house where there was a dead body. He didn't realize it. He comes to the, it comes to the Beit HaMikdash with a Korban and, and they, they bring the Korban and then they say to him, oh, by the way, you were, uh, you were Tememet. So that's not going to help for that Korban to be kasher because really he wasn't qualified to bring it to begin with. He just didn't realize until afterward. But it, now in any case, Tumata Tehom is very interesting. That basically, Tumata Tehom means that, um, that there's Tum'ah that nobody knew about. In other words, if a person was in a house where there was a dead body and that person didn't realize it and therefore went into the house or went into the room and became Tumemet and he wasn't aware of that himself, but somebody was, that's not Tumata Tehom. That's just that he didn't know what was going on. Tumata Tehom means that you've been living for the past... Uh, five years right over a grave and you didn't know and they excavate underneath and they find out that there was really a grave in there the entire time and you've been living on top of it and to Mehmet the whole time but nobody knew it was lost you know they did an excavation underneath an archaeological dig and they found that there was a dead body under there and all this time you've been living on so that's called Tumat Tatehom or they find that they, people have been playing on this field you know soccer field for the past 20 years and then all of a sudden they dig it up as part of a an interesting project and they find that their bodies buried in there. I don't know. Is Something there a like difference that. Between one year to more than one year? That nobody knows. No, no, but However long it takes that, that not, nobody knows. No, but if the, if, the, if the ruin, if it's still there, then you see it, that it's still there, but... Well, it doesn't matter the time. I'm just using an example. Okay. It's, it's, the point is that nobody knows that it was there. Nobody knew that it was there. It's not that you didn't know and you just didn't find out because you didn't do your due diligence and ask questions or somebody didn't inform you. It's saying that you, uh, that nobody knew. It was lost. It's like sometimes they dig up these sites and they find all kinds of stuff they didn't expect to find. Then that's called Tumat HaTehom. That the tzitz covers for, meaning if a person, if it came out that, you know what, the whole time that that Kohen has been offering Korbanot, he was actually Tameh because the place he walked every single day to come to work was actually, uh, the archaeologist dug it up and found out that it's a graveyard. The whole thing's a graveyard. He's been Tameh the whole time. 
That's called Tumata Tehom. We don't say that everything he did was invalid and everyone has to do a do-over now. Right? That would be, that would be, that's the idea of the tzitzitz meratzel, tumata tahom. It's something that nobody knew about in the world. So we come to know it later. We don't have to retroactively, uh, invalidate everything. That's the idea. Now, uh, although the Gemara is going to talk about the exact parameters of that and whether it applies to the Kohen or to the owners and so on. But anyway, the Gemara says, Tama, then Israel v'chalkach noda. This is, this Mishnah is talking about where they threw the blood and then found out that the person was Tamei. So, no, but if they found out and then the blood was thrown afterwards, it, regardless of knowing about the Tum'ah, so then the Tzitz will not cover for that Korban. In other words, if they realized the blood was Tamei, they realized that the, uh, that the meat had become Tamei and then they threw the blood anyway, it will not count. But we have the following contradiction. It says very clearly that the tzitz covers for tumah that occurs to the blood, the flesh, or the fats of the korban, whether they were nitmah bishogeg or mezid, ben be'onez ben be'ratzot. Right? So it sounds like whether it was done on purpose or not, it doesn't matter. Meaning even if the Kohen realized that the meat was tamay, or the blood became tamay, had contact with tumah in the process of the avodah, and he threw it anyway, still should be good. So it says, That's not how it works, says Ravina. He says, what it's talking about is that if the Tum'ah occurred by accident or on purpose, we don't care. But if the Kohen knew and threw it anyway, it doesn't count. He, it, only if the throwing of the blood has to be bishogeg for the tzitz to cover. Rav Shila, ben bishogeg bishogeg He says, no, it's, the, it's exactly the opposite. He says, if the Tum'ah occurred on purpose then the tzitz will not cover for it, even if the Kohen applied the blood by accident. But if the, but if the Tumah occurred by accident, then even, if the, then even if the Kohen applied it on purpose, it will be good. In other words, exactly the opposite. Ravina is saying that all we care about is the intention. We don't care about how the thing became Tameh. We care about that the Kohen did it innocently and didn't realize that the Korban had become Tameh and finished the process. Rav Shela says the opposite. We don't care what the Kohen knew or didn't know. We just care about how the Tumah occurred. If the Tumah occurred by accident, so the fact that the Kohen then goes ahead and throws the blood, it's still going to be good. What does he do with the fact that it says Ben Bishogeg Ben Bemezid? It says Ben Bishogeg Ben Bemezid. Shinitma Ben Bishogeg Ben Bemezid. He says because What it means is if it became Tameh by accident and then he threw it, whether on purpose or by accident, it doesn't matter, it's still accepted. But what does he do with the Mishnah? The Mishnah says that, uh, that, uh, that he threw the blood and then found out that there was a problem, implying that if he knew already, lo! Right? So the, it seems pretty clear that if he knew already that it was Tameh and threw the blood anyway, it's no good. So how does Rav Shila deal with that? Rav Shila is saying it doesn't matter if he knew or not. All that matters is how it became Tameh. So I'll say, He'll tell you that no, even if it was already known to him and he threw it anyway. He said it's trying to emphasize for the sake of the last case, because in the last case, even if the Kohen didn't know at the time when he threw the blood that the person who was, who, who was being done for was Tamei, it doesn't matter. The fact that he was already Tamei invalidates the Korban. It doesn't matter what the intention of the Kohen was. Right, however, so therefore, so it uses the case in the beginning of a case where he threw the blood and then found out about the situation. But it's really just to contrast it 
to show, to emphasize that when it comes to the person being Tamei, the person who is bringing the Korban Pesach, the owner being Tamei, it doesn't matter, or the Nazir became Tamei, it doesn't matter when the Kohen became aware of it. Even if he became aware of it afterwards, the fact that the state existed at the time that he, uh, that he threw the blood made it invalid to begin with. It doesn't matter, right? Where, so therefore, it uses the example of he threw the blood and then he found out about something afterwards, but really, in the, it, it doesn't matter, according to Rav Shila, even if he knew that the or the blood was Tamei and it had become Tamei by accident and he, but he said you know what since it wasn't only an accident I'm just going to finish this anyway I'm not going to you know whatever whatever he thought you know well, I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway so uh, so it counts according to Rav Shila um, although everybody agrees that if the person who brought the Korban Pesach was Tamei at the time the Korban was offered even if the coin wasn't aware of it then applying the blood to the altar will not fulfill the mitzvah for that person um, because the Tum'ah already existed at the time that the Korban Pesach was brought and, uh, and it was already invalid from the beginning and there's nothing we can do about it. All right, so